1: Turn, up your, turn up your volume because you're about to listen to the sick, sick podcast sick. with Tony Marinero. Sports entertainment like no, like other. no other. It's gonna be sick. Sick, sick, sick. sick.
0: Marinero, the sick podcast, letting you know that you can follow us on all social media platforms. Whether it's the Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Google. Spotify, Overcast. All you got to do is download the app, type in the sick podcast, download it, subscribe, listen to us, and uh, and join us for the ride. Speaking of Ride, what a ride it's been for Drew Brees. I want to start with him first. Why? Because he's number one. That's why we're starting with him first. He's number one in most touchdowns of all time. Now, he's number one. In most passing yards of all time, he's number one in the highest completion percentage of all time on Monday night, he was not number one in most touchdown of all time. He was number two behind Peyton Manning. What a chance to be number one. It was Monday night football. It was the Saints versus the Colts, and you know what? A lot of people thought the Colts were going to keep this one close. The Saints were favored by about nine and a half, and I kept on hearing people say. I I think the Colts are gonna keep it close and they're gonna keep it competitive and they're gonna end up covering the spread. Drew Brees, forget about it. This just goes to show you it's a quarterback league. More often than not, the team with the better quarterback ends up winning the football games. That's the way the NFL regular season runs. The NFL playoffs, it's a different story. Yes, good quarterbacks go far, but you need a team. You need running back, you need wide receivers, you need tight ends, you need an offensive line you need a defensive line, you need coaching, you need coordinators, you need luck, you need to stay injury free, you need to be healthy, you need a bunch of things. And if you're the New England Patriots, you need, you know, some advanced scouting, a little bit of spygate, maybe some deflated footballs, and Bill trying to do whatever Bill can do to give his team the edge, whether it's within the rules or as we've seen in the past and continue to see sometimes even outside of the rules. But this guy, you know, one of the things that we don't we don't really talk about all that much that we should. We look at stats a lot, right? We look at stats and we look at the touchdowns and we look at the completions and we look at the passing yards and all that stuff. How about leadership? How about the ability to carry your team? The ability to make your team believe, the ability to lead, the ability not only to talk but then to go out there and perform. Walk the walk, talk the talk, walk the walk. All that, he does it all. Did you hear his speech to his team? On Monday night, before that game versus the Colts, it was a must win game for the Saints. They want to continue to remain there on top. They're 11 and 3. Did you hear what he had to say? This is what he had to say.
1: Hey, listen to me now. There's three
0: stages to this game you play, you compete, and lethal. When you're a kid, you play. You play because you love this game. You love the game of football. Then you start learning fundamentals, you start learning technique, you start learning how to
1: compete. And Win. Now the third stage, not everybody gets to the third stage. Not everybody gets to be lethal. But when you get a group of guys, a team like this, they love one another, they play for one another, that's lethal.
0: Yeah. When you go into every game and know that you got a chance to win, no matter what the circumstances, you will find a way to win. Yeah. That's lethal. Yeah. So all season long, we play.
1: We competed, and tonight we are late.
0: Wow. I don't know about you, but just listening to that, that's the kind of guy that I would want leading my team. That's the kind of quarterback I'd like to have on my team. Hey, look, Peyton was great,
1: Tom is great, Brett was great, Aaron's great. Dan was great. Joe was great. There were a lot of
0: great quarterbacks in the National Football League. Troy was pretty good.
1: But this guy here, you talk about the complete package. He leads. He's got longevity from 2001 to the present day. An 18-year career. If he gets the ball with a minute left in the game, he's
0: going to win the game for you. If he's the last guy to get the ball, the Saints are beating you. He's done this time in and time out over and over and over again. And so, you know, you look at it, and he's number one in all these categories. But yet, if we had a poll today, and we asked people, football fans, big-time football fans, average fans, football coaches, football aficionados, football gurus. Who's the best quarterback of all time? Chances are, Tom Brady would get most of the votes. Then Peyton Manning would probably get a huge chunk of the votes thereafter. And I don't think Drew Brees would get that many votes. So how does this guy not get that many votes? How has he not voted the best quarterback of all time. How is it not unanimous if in every important category he's there? Think about this. 18 years, 169 wins. That's
1: on average more than nine wins per year. Highest completion of all time. 67.6%.
0: Most touchdowns of all time. 541 most passing yards all time. 76,884. Why is he not number one? Why would people not give him the number one tag? The number one billing. You want to know why? Because they'll give it to Brady. Because Brady went to nine Super Bowls. And he won six of them. Look, it's hard to argue with a guy who won six Super Bowls. It is. I'm not going to lose any sleep if we have this debate and you tell me that you think Tom Brady is the best quarterback of all time. Really? I'm okay with that. But I'm going to tell you this, and I'm going to make you think about this for a second. This is what we do. We look at championships, and we should know better. Because Dan Marino is one of the best quarterbacks of all time, and he never won a championship. We could take a look at any sport, any sport, and you'll find great players that never won a championship. And yes, the championship kind of solidifies your billing. I get that. But can we agree that as good as Tom Brady is and was, that he has a great coach They have a great organization. They have great stability. They make great trades. They have a competitive team every year. They've had a great defense. They've had impact players on their team. They've had an impact player at the wide receiver position, an impact player at the tight end position, a great O-line, a great defensive line. Heck, once upon a time, they even had the best field goal kicker in the game. You add all those guys up and all of that up, and that's how you win games, and that's how you win championships.
1: Let me ask you this, all right? Who did Drew Brees ever have at the wide receiver position?
0: We talk about the best wide receivers of all time, right? Jerry Rice was one of them. In no particular order, by the way, okay? None. Jerry Rice. Is he one of the best wide receivers of all time? Yes or no? The answer is yes. Who did he play with? He played with Joe Montana. Randy Moss. Is he the best, one of the best wide receivers of all time? Yes or no? Who did he play with? I can tell you that for almost four seasons, he played with Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. Terrell Owens. Is he one of the best wide receivers of all time? Yes or no? Who did he play with? He played with Steve Young with the San Francisco 49ers, among others. Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald with the Arizona Cardinals. Did he play with Drew Brees? No. Marvin Harrison, Indianapolis Colts.
1: He played with Peyton Manning. Did Calvin Johnson play with Drew Brees? No. Played for Detroit. Running backs. Walter Payton, Barry Sanders, Eric Dickerson, Emmett Smith, Marshall Falk, Marcus Allen, LaDanian Tomlinson. Did any of these guys ever play with Drew Brees?
0: No. You know who was a good running back? As a matter of fact, he was a very good running back was Adrian Peterson, who most of his career did not play for Drew Brees or with Drew Brees. He played with the Saints one season. Take a look at Adrian Peterson's career. Take a look at his stats. We're talking about a multiple first-team All-Star, right? He didn't have a very good year, the year that he played with the New Orleans Saints. He wasn't there in the prime of his career. So, you know, At the end of the day, this guy did not play with any of the best running backs for any significant period of time. He did not play with any of the best wide receivers in the game. He did not play with any of the best tight ends in the game. He did not play for the best O-line in the game. He did not play for the best defensive line in the game.
1: And he's had two coaches, two, Hazlitt. And Peyton. And they've had longevity. You want to know why
0: they had longevity? Because they have Drew Brees as their quarterback. He wins
1: them on average 9 to 10 games a year. He gives them a chance to win every single game. He makes them a competitive team. Talk about the best coaches of all time. The best. huh? In no particular order again. Vince Lombardi. Don Shula. Walsh. Parcells, Landry, Dungy, uh, John Madden. How many more do you want me to name? Did any of those guys ever coach Drew Brees? Did any of those guys ever work with the New Orleans Saints? All those coaches I just named you. They're an elite category. A category that has one guy running away with the best NFL coach of all time, Bill Belichick. It's hypothetical, I know, and we'll never have the answer to
0: this, but my gut tells me this, and my gut's usually right. My gut tells me that if Drew Brees played for the New England Patriots,
1: and Drew Brees had Bill Belichick as his coach and he had Gronkowski and he had Edelman and he had Vinatieri back in the day and he had the defense that Brady has. He had the organization that they have. They would make trades the way they make. They would do things even outside of the rules the way they've been caught of doing them before
0: and were caught just as recent as a couple of weeks back. My gut tells me that at that point, if you would ask anybody who the best quarterback of all time is, and Drew Brees would be number one in touchdowns, number one in passing yards, number one in completions, and that 169 wins would be even more than that because he'd be quarterbacking a better team. That one Super Bowl win would probably be four or five or six or maybe even seven everybody would say Breeze uh, Brees the best quarterback of all time. You know what? This guy, it, it's very unfortunate. This guy, you could say he's one of the best quarterbacks of all time. You could say he's the best. And, and yet he's, he's, not, he's not appreciated as much as he should be. It's too bad. And it just goes to show you that, you know what? It's, t- it's just not fair. It's not fair when you talk about, you know, the best quarterback of all time and you just limit it to Brady and Manning, and you give it to Brady,
1: you can make a serious argument, I think I just did, that he's better than those guys, right, Tom Brady had Randy Moss, Peyton Manning
0: had Marvin Harrison, Drew Brees, I don't even know who he had, I'm trying to think of who he had, I can't even think of anybody. When a name of a wide receiver can't come off the top of your head, at that point you know this guy here doesn't have the best horses. And he doesn't. Speaking of horses, we're going to switch gears here. Kevin Garnett, did you hear what he told Bill Simmons? He told him that in 2010, his Boston Celtics
1: broke LeBron James. And you know what? I agree with him. They did. It's well documented that LeBron wanted to get out of Cleveland because
0: he couldn't get through the Boston Celtics. It's well documented. He's admitted it. So it's true. Does that make LeBron any less good? Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen were traded to a team, the Celtics, that had Pierce and had Rondo and had Perkins. And they formed a Fab Five. And that Fab Five, he says, broke LeBron James. Who the hell did LeBron James have on the Cleveland Cavaliers back in 2009-2010 season? Who did he have? Somebody told me he had, or I heard somewhere, he had Shaquille O'Neal. And I'm saying I heard somewhere because I couldn't remember Shaquille O'Neal playing for the Cleveland Cavaliers, right? I know he started off in Orlando. I know his best years, of course, were as a Los Angeles Laker. But to me, Shaquille was was always a Laker, right? That he played for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, wow. LeBron played with Shaquille O'Neal with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, wow. Okay. So they should have beat the Celtics? He was 20 years in the league.
1: He was 37 years old and out of shape. His prime was way behind him. Who else did he play with, with Cleveland? Danny Green? Was uh, was,
0: uh, Danny Green, along with LeBron, supposed to beat KG and Pierce and Allen and Rondo and Perkins? You know what Kevin Garnett
1: doesn't say? Is that, however, in that game six, in the final game, LeBron James, to himself, put up 45 points.
0: The Fab Five that I just talked to you about, or whatever, I think, they, I, I think they totaled 51 points. So all those great players put up a total of 51, and LeBron, to himself, put up 45. And the Boston Celtics went on to win that series in six games back in 2009 and 2010, and that was the end of LeBron James with the Cleveland Cavaliers. And then at that point, he took his talents to South Beach and he joined uh, Dwayne Wade and he joined Chris Bosh and everyone knows what happened there. In the next four years that they were there, he won two championships. But, but KG doesn't want to talk about that. See, KG's all happy to say that, that him and the, you know, the, the Fab Five of the Celtics broke LeBron. He's right. They did. He won it out. It's true. Five guys against One. If you, if you pick up and you go to the local park and you bring your four buddies that are all great basketball players and, there, and there's one phenom on the other side, on the other team, and you say, hey, man, you want to have a game of basketball? And he picks up the four slugs next to him and he plays with them. And you and, and, and your four talented buddies, the Fab Five, are going up basically five against one. Who's going to win? If you pick a fight with the biggest guy in the world, it could be the biggest guy in the world, but you're five pretty big guys yourself, chances are he's not going to be standing when all is said and done. So KG, that you want to make yourself look good, that you broke LeBron, how did you do once LeBron left and found himself and helped build a team? How did, you, how did you do then? Huh? How did you do? So, you know what? KG, good player. Take him on my team. Never played up to his potential. Never. Never played up to his potential. LeBron did. LeBron still now. Still now. What was the play of the week last week in the NBA, huh? What was the best pass we've seen thus far this season in the NBA? I'll tell you what it is. It's LeBron between the legs. That's what it was. And LeBron, in a time now where everyone's talking about load management. The LA Clippers, load management. Load management of Kawhi, because the Raptors did it a year ago, and it worked, and the Raptors won the championship. It's brilliant, but the one knock from basketball fans is it's very expensive to go watch a game, and for fans that want to go watch their favorite player, it's too bad if that player is sitting out. What does LeBron do? He recognizes that. Not only does he recognize that, he wants to make a statement that you can load management all you want. He's going to play the entire year and he's going to show you that his team can go very far in the playoffs. And I got to tell you, and I have some favorite players in the NBA. Kawhi Leonard's one of them. And Luka Doncic is another. And the Greek freak is another. And there are more. And I'd love to see them all have an opportunity to win. And the Greek freak hasn't won yet, for example. And LeBron has. But a big part of me is cheering for LeBron this year. A big part of me is cheering for LeBron because no one expected the Lakers to be this good right away. And the fact that he wants to play every game, if he can win the championship, playing every game, when he's older and has more mileage then all these guys that we just talked about, that'll be one of the most incredible feats. Hey, listen, I gotta tell you this, all right? LeBron, love him or hate him, you know what the problem is? Is that for, for the longest time now, a lot of people have compared him to MJ. It's, too, it's, 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 it's not fair. MJ is the first guy that we saw fly like an eagle. We never saw somebody fly in the air like him and stay, as, stay up in the air as, as long as he did. MJ will go down in my opinion, as the most clutch basketball player of all time. The one guy who probably could beat teams that were stacked. He had that ability. Played on a pretty good team himself, though. Played with some pretty good teammates himself. Played with a pretty good coach. But let's just say, in my opinion, MJ was the most gifted basketball player of all time. The greatest basketball talent of all time. The greatest basketball game breaker of all time. He was all of that. But it doesn't mean he was the most complete basketball player of all time. When people talk about hockey, they talk about Wayne Gretzky being the best offensive player of all time. Oh, Gretzky, the best offensive player of all time. He scored more goals, picked up more assists, and had more points than anybody else. Well taken. But there are other people who do not believe that Wayne Gretzky was the most complete hockey player of all time, they'll give that to Mark Messier or they'll give that to Gordie Howe, whether they're right or wrong. That's the way I look at it. MJ, greatest game breaker of all time, greatest point producer of all time, uh, most entertaining player of all time, um, best scorer for me, but the, the best package, the best overall package, offense, defense, size, strength, um, endurance, stamina, all of it, LeBron James. The best package of all time. Take that, KG. Take that. Why don't you talk about that? Why don't you talk about that? Huh? Why don't you talk about LeBron being as good as he is, lasting as long as he has? That's my take on what Kevin Garnett had to say. Kevin, the next time you want to debate it, you come on the Sick Podcast and we'll debate it. I want to talk about football. What a weekend last weekend was, huh? Week 15, going into 16 now.
1: Houston are nine and five. Two games left on their season. At Tampa this weekend and the
0: final week of the season versus the Titans. The Titans are eight and six. They lost a heartbreaker to Houston last week. They're two games left. At home versus the Saints, and at Houston. That's what the AFC South looks like right now. The East, Patriots are 11-3. and They host Buffalo and Miami. The Bills are up next at 10-4. and They're at New England, and they host the Jets. NFC East, Cowboys and Eagles are both at 7-7. and Huge game this weekend for those two teams. Cowboys will visit the Eagles, and then the week after that, they host the Redskins. And as for the Eagles, who host the Cowboys, the week after that, they play at New York versus the Giants. NFC North, Packers are 11-3, Vikings are 10-4. That's a huge game on Monday night, huge. At Vikings for the Packers, and the week after that, at Detroit versus the Lions. And the Vikings have the Packers at home, and they have the Bears at home. NFC West, Seahawks are 11-3, so are the 49ers. Seahawks uh, host the Cardinals, and host the 49ers, and the 49ers host the Rams, and are at Seattle. I take a look at the schedules. I I think Houston's got a better schedule than the Titans, and they have a better record right now. I think the Patriots have a better schedule than the Bills, and they have a better record right now. I think the Cowboys, although they have to go to Philly, uh, I think they have a better team than the Eagles. I think they have a better quarterback. I think they have a better running back, and I think they have a better core of wide receivers. And now that they won their first game versus a team that's above 500, they got that out of the way, and now maybe, just maybe, that could be the game that turns their season around, and they start playing like a legitimate contender instead of playing like a pretender. NFC North, Packers and Vikings, I gotta tell you, this one here is tough. Um, I, I just think that the Vikings are better coached than the Packers. And, um, and I think the fact that they're going to be playing at home is going to give them a big advantage. And the Seahawks and 49ers, this one can go either way because the 49ers can obviously go to Seattle in a couple of weeks from now and win. But that Rams at 49ers uh, game is dangerous. And 49ers going to Seattle, I'm going to give Seattle the advantage for having that game in Seattle on the final week of the season. So you're probably wondering about my sick picks. It's time to get rich with our Sick Picks on the Sick Podcast. And uh, by the way, I want to let you know, the Sick Picks, I am um, 12-3 and under the new format, which we started three weeks ago. A format that includes a lock of the week. I'm not going to take credit for that because sometimes, you know what, that's a pretty easy pick. But how about this? An underdog of the week. And we end up choosing the biggest games of the week. This week, we've identified four biggest games of the week. The biggest games of the week for us at the Sick Podcast are Bills at Patriots, Cowboys at Eagles, Rams at 49ers, and Green Bay at Minnesota. So let's start with my lock. Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens have been number one in the power rankings for ever since they beat the New England Patriots, for me anyway. They annihilated the Jets last weekend, and he threw for five touchdown passes, and he too, by the way, broke a record, the rushing record, which belonged to Michael Vick. My lock of the week, the Baltimore Ravens go to Cleveland, and they beat the Browns easily. My underdog of the week, I was looking at a couple of games here. Obviously, there's a couple of underdogs. Um, that you look at. And Tampa Bay versus the Texans, the game in Tampa, uh, Winston could, could put up a lot of yardage. He's shown us that. But he's also guilty of, of turning over the ball a lot. So I considered that, and it's a, it's a huge game for the Texans. And then I, I took a look at um, other games, the Giants versus the Redskins, the Bengals versus the Dolphins but I'm going to go with a big one here. The New York Jets, yes, the New York Jets are at home versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going to go with the Jets, and I'm going to tell you my reasoning behind this one. If there's one game that Le'Veon Bell wanted to play well and wants to produce, when do you think it would be? At home, in New York, in front of his fans, versus his former team, in what is their biggest game of the season because they're trying to get a wild card spot. Have you seen the Pittsburgh Steelers over the past couple of weeks? Did you see them last week versus the Bills? They put up 10 points. I get it. Buffalo's got a very good defense. Their quarterback was intercepted four times. They have a number three quarterback right now, not drafted, leading them down the stretch, In their biggest game of the year. I'm going to go with Sam Darnold. I'm going to go with the Jets in front of their fans. I'm going to go with the Jets to play spoiler. Give me the Jets as the sick podcast underdog pick of the week. Games of the week. Bills at Patriots. The Patriots bounce back. The Bills were not overly convincing versus the Steelers. They've clinched the playoff spot. Bills want to remain number one and win the division. Uh, Patriots do, give me the Patriots to win this one Cowboys at Eagles Two teams, 7-7 and Better quarterback Better running game, better wide receiver For the Cowboys, give me them Rams at 49ers Um, 49ers lost a big one last week When was the last time they lost two in a row this season Give me the 49ers over the Rams And Green Bay at Minnesota Monday Night Football This is a biggie the 11-3 and 3 Packers, the 10-4 and 4 Vikings, I just think the Vikings are better coached, and I think in front of their fans, they're going to play their game of the season. Give me the Vikings to win this one. For now, uh, Sick Pick Podcast, Power Rankings after Week 15.
1: We don't care if you agree or disagree. Here are our Power Rankings on the Sick Podcast.
0: At number five, they fall into five because they lost to the Falcons and showed that they were vulnerable, the San Francisco 49ers. At four, the Kansas City Chiefs, who prevailed versus the Broncos last week with a 10-4 and record. At number three, the Seattle Seahawks by six over the Panthers last week. They're 11-3. Drew Brees' is New Orleans Saints at 11-3 is number two on the power rankings. And ever since they beat the New England Patriots, the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson are number one on our power rankings. That's it for us. I'm Marinero. You're listening to The Sick Podcast, and I encourage you to tell all your friends about it, and you can follow us on all social media platforms, on iHeartRadio, on Apple Podcast, on Google, on Overcast, and on Spotify. And if your friends say, give me a good reason why I should listen to this podcast, you know what you tell them? You should listen. You want to know why? Because this podcast
1: is sick. I'm Marinaro, And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next week. Follow the Sick Podcast on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.